0: Welcome to the Harbor Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information, visit us online at www.theharborli.com. We are starting a new series that we're going to do for the next few weeks here at church called Culture Killers. Culture Killers. And we're going to be looking at a few different topics, things that deserve a little bit extra attention. Things that we need to be aware of, things that we need to keep an eye on because these are things that can kill the culture, not just in our community, in our church, but also in our family, in our relationships, at our workplace, in our friendships, in our marriage. And, uh, you know, as, as Jesus followers, as people who have a relationship with Jesus, we have this ability to, to create culture. We have this ability to change the atmosphere. So much of what Jesus did when he walked the earth was completely unexpected was complete people were just their minds were blown because the expected response was usually the opposite of how Jesus would act or treat people or talk to people or how he would handle himself in a situation Jesus changed the atmosphere everywhere that he went and so you and I, part of being a Christian is that we are culture carriers. We take the culture of, of what Jesus has done, and as we try our best to, to be transformed into his likeness, and we, we try our best to handle situations like that we believe he would handle, that we are helping change the atmosphere and the culture with where we're at. But these things, if we, if we don't keep an eye on these things, these things can completely undermine all of it and kill the culture that you are working to establish. And so tonight, I want to I look at the tongue. I want to I look at the power that you hold in your tongue with your words. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to, in just one second, I want you to turn to the person to your left and to your right. I want you to introduce yourself in this exact way. I want you to say, hello, my name is, and I say dumb stuff. That's your part. You can do that. Do it. Come on. That wasn't a suggestion. I'm asking you to do that. Now that we're all on the same page, uh, you know, I'm sure it's the people who say the dumbest stuff that didn't want to say that. But now that we have all admitted it, we're all on the same page. We all say really dumb stuff sometimes. No, nobody's perfect with what comes out of their mouth. Nobody's perfect with how they use their tongue. We all say dumb stuff. Do me a favor. We're going to do this uh, as well together. If you recognize this, I want you to, to recite this with me. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. Come on, one more time. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. Isn't that such an empowering statement? Isn't that so amazing to be like, yeah, words can, you can't touch me. You can't hurt me. That is an absolute load of garbage. (laughs) That's the dumbest, dumbest saying I've ever heard in my life. Words can never hurt you. Words can absolutely destroy people. There are times where things are spoken about you, spoken to you, spoken over you, that you would have probably chosen someone to hit you with a stick or throw a stone at you or give you a broken bone than to say the hurtful things that came out of their mouth. Words are powerful. And in a society where we like to devalue words, the Bible is so clear about the power that we hold with our tongue. Proverbs says this in, in chapter 18. Words are so powerful that they will kill or give life, and the talkative person will reap the consequences. James says that if someone believes they have a relationship with God but fails to guard his words, then his heart is drifting away and his religion is shallow and empty. David understood how important words were so much so that he actually prays, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth and keep watch over the door of my lips. Words are so important. Words can speak life, and words can speak death. There are so many times that I will will be meeting with somebody who's struggling, who has a lot of, at this point, physical issues that can be traced back to things that were said about them, said to them, spoken over them, things that even as a child that are still following them to this day. There are so many times that people are so broken up and so hurt because of things that haven't been said to them. Things that they longed for, that they have spent a lifetime just wishing that they could hear. and Because those words were withheld from them, there is a spot of pain that has never been healed inside. Words are so, so powerful. And not just words, but the spirit behind the words. So I, I want to just remind you of a few things tonight. This isn't going to be rocket science, but these are things that I want us to think about as a community. Things that I want us to consider as we move forward. The first one being this. Your tongue can be backed by a prideful spirit or a humble heart, and it's your choice. Your tongue, your words, what comes out of your mouth can either be backed by a prideful spirit or a humble heart, and it's your choice. It's so sad, but it's so true that it's easier for us to devalue words than it is for us to take responsibility for what we say. It's so easy. To be like, I, that, I just said that. I didn't mean that. That just came out of my mouth. That just happened to come out. You know, it's, when, when it's backed by a prideful spirit, it's only natural for me to put the attention on how you took it as opposed to if I should have ever said it. And we like to say things like, well, I'm sorry you took it that way. Someone actually said this to me one time. They said, I'm sorry you heard it that way. I don't know if they messed up their words, but I'm like, how, 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 is there more than one way to hear something? I mean, isn't that like fact? If you said something, I heard something, you know. We come up with, with all these things. Well, obviously there's something, uh, there's something, behind, if you took it that way, the, I don't even know what's going on behind the scenes. But apparently there's something. We can make somebody else feel like trash and feel better about that than actually taking ownership of the fact that something that came out of my mouth, cause somebody else some pain or discomfort or hurt them in some way. You, you don't know me. That's just how I talk. That's just my personality. That's my sense of humor. Like, you don't get it. Where, how I grew up, we all talk to each other that way. At w- like, since when is a valid excuse, that's my personality or that's how I talk, w- when is that okay to, to cause somebody else hurt and pain? Listen, you could have not meant it but you still said it. At, at that point, it really doesn't matter that, that if you meant it or not as much as, okay, well, now that you know how the person feels, how are you going to handle it? Are, are those words going to be backed by a prideful spirit that wants to argue or debate whether or not you were justified in what you said? Or are you going to be moved by compassion and humility and say, listen, I want you to know I did not mean that at all. I did say that, and I am so sorry that that's, that's what you heard or that's how you <laughs> there I go again. I'm saying that. That's how you took it. That's how it made you feel. you know I, I, I never intended that, and for that, I'm so sorry. I, I, I'm so sorry. if I'm old enough to talk, I should be old enough and responsible enough to own the consequences of how my words make other people feel. as a Christian. If, if I feel like I'm at a, a maturity level enough to talk, then I should be at a maturity level enough to have a humble heart and listen when people are telling me that something I said affected them in a negative way. Now, I want to draw a distinction really quick. There's a, there's a difference between accidental recklessness or, or unintentional recklessness and repeated recklessness. And you can usually see the difference in the response. Okay, so again, we all say dumb stuff. We all mess up. We all say things that we don't mean or we shouldn't have said or just we're not tasteful in the moment. Well, when it's it's an accidental or an unintentional thing, I, I have nothing that's keeping me to arguing that point. I'm really sorry. I, di- I didn't mean that. I can't tell you how many times I've left uh, a family function. I've left a church event. I've left hanging out with friends. And I've been like kind of sick to my stomach because at some point in the night I said something and I could see on the person's face that it hit him sideways and it was stressing me out. And I've had to call. And it's usually the people closest to me probably because I feel the most comfortable around them. So maybe I, I, I loosen the lips a little bit and maybe I went too far or made a joke that I wasn't sure if they understood what I, what I was trying to say. And I've had to call them and be like, I don't know if you took it this way, but I just want you to know I didn't mean that. And I'm so sorry if you did. And sometimes... I'm glad I called because there was some hurt there. And other times, I was like, no, I didn't, I didn't take that at all. I'm like, all right, but I would rather err on the side of you knowing I didn't mean that than, than letting that go. There's a difference between accidental or unintentional recklessness and repeated recklessness. Repeated recklessness is saying to other people, oh, that hurts you. Sorry, I just don't care enough to change. I want you to remember this. I didn't intend for it to be so many R's. It just happened that way, so we're going to roll with it. But repeated recklessness reveals a refusal to deal with a deeper issue. Repeated recklessness reveals a refusal to deal with a deeper issue. When you are constantly coming back with the same stuff, when you are constantly hearing the same critiques, when you are constantly causing the same hurt, at some point, you got to wake up and realize the problem is not with everybody else. The problem is not because everybody else grew up in dysfunction and they're all too sensitive. The problem is not because everybody else doesn't get you and your personality. If you are repeatedly reckless with what you allow out of your mouth, at some point you got to realize that, is, that needs to show yourself. There is something that I need to work out inside. There, there's a reason why this keeps coming up in my life. Check out what what King Solomon says. He says that reckless words are like the thrusts of sword, cutting remarks meant to stab and to hurt. But the words of the wise soothe and heal. Not only does repeated recklessness show that you're not okay, but it affects everybody around you. Everybody around you. You know, God has placed people in your life. There there are people that you have relationship with that God wants you to be speaking a life into. That God wants you to, to, to influence. And you're not going to be perfect. You're not always going to say the right thing. But there's a difference between an oops. There's a difference between something being unintentional or something being ignored. Something that I'm. I'm just not willing to address, and, and because I'm not willing to address that, I'm never going to be really healed, and you're all going to suffer for it. Listen, we all go through seasons where we're dealing with some stuff. Okay, no, nobody in here is exempt from some deep things. I don't care if you grew up in the most magical, amazing home possible, or if you grew up in the worst dysfunction. Everybody goes through stuff. There are seasons of life where you are working things out with others. There are seasons of life where you're going to be working things out with God. Everybody goes through deep stuff. I just want to give you some super spiritual but practical advice. If you realize that there are some deeper issues that you're working through, don't talk so much. Now, I'm not saying don't talk to people. We just talked last week about the importance of when you're going through things to have people that you can confide in and be honest with. People that will pour into you. But, but if you realize that there are things that are being worked on and, and those things have resulted in you saying some twisted things. Or things coming out sideways. Or or maybe you, you, you really aren't intending for things to sound that way, but you're realizing that they keep coming out that way. When you find yourself in a season like that, do yourself a favor and be slow to speak and quick to listen. Be like, you know what? I'm going to go through a season where I'm not going to be so quick to open my mouth because I realize that I'm frustrated. I realize that there is some er- inner turmoil going on. And so I, I don't want to affect people around me like that. We, we just need to realize that there is a responsibility with how we use our tongues. Because we all say dumb stuff, that's why we all need to say, I need to have humility. I, I need to have a humble heart backing my tongue because I'm going to mess things up. And I, I always need to value how I'm making somebody else feel over whether or not I had the right to say something. James, in chapter 3 of his book, he addresses this. He says, we all fail in many areas, but especially with our words. Yet if we're able to bridle the words that we say, we are powerful enough to control ourselves in every way. And that means that our character is mature and fully developed. Horses have bits and bridles in their mouths so that we can control and guide their large body. And the same with mighty ships. Though they are massive and driven by fierce winds... Yet they are steered by a tiny rudder at the direction of the person at the helm. Second thing I want to remind you of tonight is this. We need to make a habit of retracing our words. We need to make a habit of retracing our words. I think if we could just make a mental note to listen to what we say, we would begin to see what we've been ignoring. It comes kind of natural for me to say something, and as soon as it comes out of my mouth, it's your responsibility. Like, it's out, whatever. I already said it. Oops. Especially if I'm backing everything with a prideful spirit, I d- I don't have time to go back and think about all that. What's said is said. What's done is done. I'm moving on. I think it's so cool how James uses this picture of your tongue being like, rudder of a large ship. And, and that your tongue helps steer the direction of the ship or, or the direction of your life. So you could be in here tonight, you could be like, wow, you know, that is a responsibility how I use my tongue. So I should just try to talk better. Good luck with that. doesn't work that way. I'm just going to try to talk better. Nope. What you need to realize is that your talk and what comes out of your mouth is a result of what's actually in your heart. And so if we could just listen to what we say, if we could make it a habit that just because it comes out of my mouth doesn't mean that it shouldn't come back to my ears. That I should make a habit of not overanalyzing everything, but we're all smart enough to know when we say something and we have that moment to be like, should I think about that or ponder the fact that I just said that or should I just, "Eh, whatever, I don't want to think about it like no i i need to i need to make a note of the fact that i just said that and 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 i don't really know why i don't want to just say yeah i need to i need to talk better no i need to figure out why this is happening i think if we pay attention our tongue can actually lead us right to the areas of our heart that need to change so if you think of your tongue being a rudder if you think of it in reverse instead of it us looking at it for the direction that we're headed what if we looked at it in the direction that it's, it's coming from? If I started to think in terms of, wow, I don't like how that sounded. I don't like what just came out of my mouth. And we start to go in reverse and we start to be intentional about listening to what we say and saying, why did that come out? Why is that there? Why was that so natural to come out of my mouth? How come that was my first response? How come without thinking that was the first thing that I said? Paul is saying that the direction of your life is affected by your tongue, but your tongue doesn't have a mind of its own. Your tongue is controlled by your heart. I want to give you uh, just a a quick visual for all the the visual learners in the room. We're going to pretend like this clear jar is your heart. There's a poncho under the seat of the first and second row, if you guys want to put that on real quick. We're gonna go Gallagher style tonight. Nobody? Okay. <laughs> I thought he was funny. You know, we we find ourselves in different uh different situations that I would imagine could be pretty comical to God. We find ourselves maybe at work or hanging out with friends and, and everybody is joking in a way that's really not appropriate, in a way that I really know I shouldn't be laughing. I just can't help it because it's kind of funny. And I get so caught up in the moment that I just kind of, I, I say one myself. And then afterwards, I'm like, I can't believe I even said that. I can't believe I said that. I can't believe that came out of my mind. That's disgusting. I should never said that. I shouldn't joke like that. That was too far. That was over the line. I can't believe I said that. Maybe you've been in a situation where you get into an argument with somebody, someone you're really close to someone that you feel kind of comfortable with, and they know how to push your buttons just the right way, and they just push a little too far, and you just, you say something so over the line, and then afterwards, when you're laying on your pillow at night, you're like, I I never thought I would be the person to say something like that. I can't believe I said that. I can't believe that came out of my mouth. How about maybe, maybe you're in a group, and, and, These people are talking about somebody, and at first you kind of realize, like, oh, this is getting a little gossipy. I shouldn't be listening. You know, but then you kind of agree with what they're saying, and then you just get sucked into it, and then you kind of just say something yourself, and then you feel so bad because you're like, why did I say that? Why did I take part in that? Why why was I so quick to to engage in that all of a sudden? I, I could imagine that. For the God who sees behind the scenes, it could be comical that we stand back and we're so amazed and perplexed at what came out of our mouth. Meanwhile, he's like, why are you so surprised? Like you're, you're surprised when it comes out and other people are made aware of it now. But, but Jesus actually says it's out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. So it's not like words were just floating through the air and they happen to find your tongue and come out of your mouth at that moment. But Jesus says it's, it's what's inside that's going to come out. So you're like, well, well, how does it get that dirty? Because obviously anybody in here would not want to be walking around with people seeing their heart like that or knowing that your heart was like that. Well, honestly, if we're going to use simple logic, there's, there's two ways that, that the heart gets muddy like that. I think it's so funny when we're like, oh, I just need to watch what I say. Good luck with that. So what happens is, it's what we allow in. It's what we allow in. So it's it's that time where I'm just like, you know what, I'm kind of burned out on worship, or i 'm kind of burned out on podcasts i 'm kind of i 'm kind of burned out on on messages I just need to zone out so i 'm going to listen to this podcast I probably shouldn 't be listening to you start listening to it you 're like this is so bad but it 's so funny and so you just finish the hour and a half podcast or whatever and then you get so sucked into it the next day you 're like i gotta I gotta hear how he followed that up because it was just so funny and, and it 's just those like little things that kind of seep in that may not feel like it was a lot compared to everything that's in there, but it's doing just enough to make things a little cloudy. It's doing just enough to desensitize you just that little bit where you're a little more apt to go back to it again. It's those times where you're in a a conversation, and the conversation starts to turn negative, and you're listening to people gossip, you're listening to people slander, and you know it's not right, but you don't want to speak up and say something because you feel like it's not your place, or you feel like maybe as long as you're not doing it, it's okay, or you just don't want to come off and seem judgmental, so you just sit there and you kind of entertain it, and it's just that little bit of kind of getting comfortable with it because you entertain it that the next time you're you're apt to engage in it at some point. It's the times where the Holy Spirit is putting it in on your heart to 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 talk to somebody because there are some real issues going on inside and and the holy spirit is is asking you to handle the conflict in a godly way, to go to the person and have an honest and real conversation with them. But instead of wanting to talk to the person, you would rather just entertain it all day at work and think about it and fantasize about telling the person off and picture it escalating and punching the person in the face. (laughs) And you just let it build and build and build until at some point when it does boil over, this this is what comes out. we're looking at a picture of our heart, the first thing we need to look at is, well, what have I been allowing in? If if it's in there, how did it get in there? So in other words, when we say, when we're so quick to say, you know what, I need to watch what I say. Yeah, that's true. So you know how you do that? You need to watch what you watch. You need to watch what you listen to. You need to watch who you're spending all your time with. You need to watch what you've been entertaining. You need to watch what you've been surrounding yourself with, and what you've been allowing yourself to grow comfortable with because, again, what you say is just a result of what was in there to begin with. Now, some of us, you know, who have started to, to try to live our lives in a way that would honor God, we've started to realize the importance of watching and monitoring what we allow in, which is amazing. That That's part of spiritual growth. You know, realizing that There are certain types of music that that make me feel a certain way, and it's just not good for my soul. As much as I like the music, as much as maybe there's nothing wrong with that particular artist or that, I just, it, it brings me to a spot I shouldn't go. Realizing that, like, okay, I just, I shouldn't expose myself to this type of show or these types of movies because I know where I'm weak, and this just feeds into that. And so I need to really be careful with what I watch. Part of spiritual growth is monitoring what you allow in, but some of us, Even though you're monitoring what you're allowing in, you're still coming up with a muddy result. And it's a little frustrating because you're like, I don't understand. Like I'm spending all my time listening to what I should be listening to, trying to not watch what I shouldn't watch and maybe watch what I should be watching. And why are things still coming out twisted? Well, if what's in the heart is dirty and it's not a result of what came in, it has to be a result of what was already in there. A lot of times we'll get to the point where we begin to monitor what we allow in. We just never let God fully clean us out. We, we don't get to the point where we really are so introspective that we look. Maybe, maybe from where you were sitting with the angle of the table, the cup looked clear. The cup may have looked empty from where you're sitting. If you would have looked up close, you would have saw that there was a little layer of dirt at the bottom. You know, we get really good and comfortable with presenting ourselves in a way that from the outside, from your angle, from the Sunday or Tuesday that I run into you or the connect group that I see you, everything looks pretty good. But the reality is that there is a layer of residue. There is a layer of dirt. There is a layer of pain and of hurt that is there below the surface. And even if I'm trying to monitor what I allow in, when it starts to mix with those issues that I've been ignoring those things that I just, I haven't wanted to admit or I haven't wanted to surrender to God or have just been too painful for me to face. It still is making a mess of things and it's coming out in the way that I talk. It's coming out in the way that I treat people. David understood the importance of what came out of his mouth was a result of where his heart was at. Listen to how he prays in Psalms 10. He says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. If we want to change what comes out of our mouth, we need to look at the meditation of our heart. We need to look at the the status of our heart. We need to check what we're allowing in, and we also need to check what's in there to begin with. And let me say this. There's no such thing as a one-time clean. There's not. It's not like, hey, I got saved. God did everything, and now I'm good to go. That sounded like I was trying to have an accent. I really wasn't. It just came out that way. There's no such thing as that. Life has a way of leaving residue all the time. Like, if you have relationship with anybody, any human being, you are going to have some residue from every relationship that you have. And, And that's why it's so important that we're constantly open and surrender to God to be like, God, search my heart all the time. Clean me out all the time. I need to surrender to you all the time. You know, God does not give us direction with how to handle healthy and godly conflict because he enjoys watching us squirm and have awkward conversations. God is saying, if you would listen to me and if you would do things the way that I have intended them to work, it will work in a healthy way and there will be no residue. That you don't have to feel awkward every time you see a person anger doesn't have to rise up when that person comes into the room. If you could just handle things the way that I've set it up, the way that I've guided you to, I can clear the residue out of your heart. There will not be a layer of muck and dirt that that even if you're trying to do the right things, it's mixing and it's coming out in all the wrong ways. Surrender to me. Give it all to me. Let me constantly clear your heart out. We need to pray. God, search me. It's so easy to grow comfortable with the layer. It's so easy for, for, for things to, don't judge me, I'm not a dirty person, this just came to my mind. You can take a shower and not really realize how dirty your shower is because stuff just starts to build up, and then you go to a hotel and you're like, whoa, this is a clean shower. You can judge me, I bet you're, I bet if we looked right now, your shower is pretty dirty. Do you know what I'm saying though? It, 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 It can get dirty quick and you don't even really realize it because you're around it all the time, because you see it all the time. My heart can start to build up a film, can start to build up some dirt, can start to build up some offense, and I don't even realize. That's why it's so important that we recognize the need to say, search me, oh God, Holy Spirit, you have full access. And so even if there's things that I'm ignoring, even if there's things that I don't realize are there, I need you to show me and I need you to point it out to me. I need that stuff to be cleared out. If we could just be disciplined enough to listen to what we say, we would begin to see what we've been ignoring. Allow your tongue to take you to the places of your heart that need to change. As I close out tonight, I'm going to have the band come up and we're going to take communion in just a second. But I want to leave you with this thought as well. It's not all bad with the tongue. I want to leave you with this thought. You know, your tongue can compensate for your hurts, but it can also help heal somebody else's. Your tongue isn't just all bad. Your tongue can actually accomplish some godly good. A lot of these verses will speak to a negative, but also will include this incredible positive. Words can hurt, but words can also heal. I've seen situations before where there has been physical abuse. There have been things that have happened to somebody real life, And it's insane to me how powerful words can be that when that person finally hears, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, that something breaks. Isn't it crazy that a verbal word could change something that happened in the physical? Could affect somebody's heart in such a real way? There's power behind our words. James says this in chapter 3. He says, Speaking of behavioral wisdom, not just intellectual wisdom, but the way that we choose to behave, he says, but the wisdom from above is always pure, and it's filled with peace. It's considerate, and it's teachable. It's filled with love, and it never displays prejudice or hypocrisy in any form. And it always bears the beautiful harvest of righteousness. Good seeds of wisdom's fruit will be planted with peaceful acts by those who cherish making peace. Your words have the potential to go into situations of utter dysfunction, of the most painful things that you can imagine, and help institute godly peace that surpasses understanding. Your words, directed by the power of the Holy Spirit, can speak hope into hopelessness. Your words can help heal the people around you. Paul says in Ephesians, he says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. What if we spoke with this filter? What if I approached every conversation with the idea of, What could I say to build that person up? How could I talk in a way that when we leave, that person feels better about themselves? That person is more encouraged. That person has more hope. That person has more peace. Instead of approaching the conversation of subconsciously, we all do this, I hope I feel good about myself when I leave this conversation. I hope they realize how smart I am, how accomplished I am, all the things that I have going, I'm really busy. I hope they have an accurate picture of who I am. What if I approach every conversation with the goal being, I hope you feel built up. How cool is this? He says, not just building up, but according to their needs. What if what came out of your mouth was coming out with the mission of meeting their needs, not your own? Think about how different conversations would look. I mean, I mean when, when so many times I'm driven to say something based out of insecurity, based out of wanting you to look at me a certain way or think about me a certain way, or, or based out of the fact that I view myself a certain way so I feel the need to say something, what if the filter of everything I said was, what are your needs and how can I meet them? I mean, think about, that That, that would change everything. That would change the dynamics of everything. What would happen if we had a church full of people that every conversation, every interaction was trying to build that person up and trying to meet their needs? Thanks for listening to today's message. If you would like to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus today, visit us online at www.theharborli.com backslash next step.